one of the interesting things about the Pasha is that Bahar and Bechikoisai always goes together. <clears throat> the two Pashas that was read, the Shabbos, Bahar and one talks about faith. I'll get to it and I'll describe how much emuna and betachan we need in Hashem. And the other talks about if we misbehave, what's going to happen. And that's called the teichach de rebuke. So it's like split. One portion focuses on the great faith that we need, and one focuses what happens when misbehave. So let me just first explain about the faith. The trader begins right away and it says a very interesting thing. If you're going to come to the land that I gave you and I want you to keep Shemitah. Shemitah means a sabbatical. And the trader is that you come to Israel and six years Hashem says plant, plow, do what you need to do. Seventh year, I don't want any plowing and nothing. Imagine a country, a whole year, no planting, no harvesting. We, we say this, we live in an industrial revolution. We have no idea what this means because if we don't have grapes in the winter, we bring it up in Chile and we have grapes. I pointed out to my daughter once, asked her, how come we have grapes all the time? She didn't know there's such a season of grapes. They said, look at the box when we go to Ralph's next time. You see, it says imported from Chile. No, we live, we, we don't have our bread from the next door neighbor, down, a few miles down the farm. Our bread probably comes from Midwest. So we live in a whole different situation. Those days, if you didn't have flour and bread around grain around where you live, People went hungry. That was called the hunger. <clears throat> Just for a note, that at last time, Shemitah, I, I asked someone, an Israeli, where do the Israelis get food and vegetables? He says, Rabbi, he tells me, did you notice that the Jordanians don't criticize the Israel just very little? Do you know why? Because that's where they bring all the food. Money talks. You know, that they have a big deal with the Jordan. You know, it's very, and it comes closer to Schmitter, the less they criticize. That's, uh, so those, that, was those, that was days which truckings we have. In the times of the Torah, if a country did not harvest, they were vulnerable. It was just unbearable. It's just incredible. Now, Shem demanded this from us, that no farming. That was the main a way people made a living. And every 49 years, there was two consecutive years. Literally, no planting. It demanded so much from every person to have faith that it, is, it brought you much closer to Hashem. You know, when you need Hashem and you're more vulnerable, you feel much, much closer. That's the reality. So it brought into people an incredible level of faith. Like if you really want to do the mitzvah the right way, just close your eyes and then say, 
Here I am. Hashem is going to take care of me. It's not only faith, but you have to have betochen. Great, great betochen Hashem that this is going to happen. And this is the only time in the Torah where the Torah says a question. You know, the Torah never says, if you're going to ask. Torah says statements, and Torah says, here is the only unique place in the Thai Torah where the Torah says, and if you're going to ask, what am I going to eat? Very interesting question. Torah says, and if you're going to ask, it's going to come after Shemitah, what am I going to eat? Hashem says, I will say, I'll give, command the bracha, a blessing, that you're going to have what to eat. There's a very famous chassidish question asked. Is it only if we ask we get a bracha? You know, if you raise children, do you always know that a child that squeaks the most gets the most attention. The good child doesn't get attention. But the, the child who, you know, it's like the wheel that squeals gets oiled. So Tony says, you know, if you're going to quetch, are you going to say, I don't know what we're going to eat? You know what? You know what? I'll give you a blessing. Otherwise, it seems like there's no blessing. There's a very, very interesting, profound explanation in the Torah, which the commentaries say. A very, 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 very interesting. Faith, the Zoe says, brings down blessings. The fact that you believe in Hashem, you have a Muna, that itself could be a great blessing. In Tehillim it says, if you really rely on Hashem, chesed, you any kindness from Hashem will surround you. So you know that betochen, relying on Hashem, literally brings chesed, kindness, goodness Hashem is going to bestow on us and everyone's. So that is when a person relies on Hashem. The more you rely on Hashem, the greater the bestow of goodness is, comes from Hashem. So they explain there's two types of miracles the Torah says about food. One miracle about food is you eat a little bit and get satiated. See, we are blessed with food in America. Either we eat all day or diet all day. No, we don't have the middle. So the eating or dieting. The head, the Torah says, there's going to be a blessing. You're going to eat a little bit, and that small amount is going to satiate you. There's even a question asked by the great Chassam Seifer. Someone asked them, so Rebbe, what happens if you get satiated in less than a kazayas? You only bench if you eat the size of an olive. So he asked them, Rebbe, what happens if someone ate less than an olive if he gets so satiated? Do we bench too or not? Because the truth is the blessing was going to be that you eat just a drop a little bit. So that blessing has a great thing to it. Why? That means the crap you're going to have is going to be one year's crop. But there's going to be a blessing in the crop because it's going to have it. You don't have to eat so much. If you eat breakfast, two slices of bread, you'll eat one slice in a satio, maybe in a half a slice. So you don't have to work so much for the bread. Those days you have to, everyone had to join to plow, to cut, to grind. There's 11 things till you get a, a, a bread. So the blessing was, we had the same amount that grew, that was going to last either two years and sometimes three years. But Claudius so said, you know, that is a, a blessing that, you, you know, we have to believe in it. I have to believe, I only have this 
and I'm going to be satiated with a little bit. You know, the Gemara says a very interesting thing. We get satiated with our eyes. The Gemara says a blind person never feels full. And the Gemara says that's a proof. And where do you see that? The Jews said to Moshe Rabbeini that they only had the man, Vayamchu Variveku. You, uh, we made, you kept us hungry. You were hungry, you had the man. See, the man, he could have said it should turn into bread. It could turn, but it only had a taste of bread. I didn't see the bread. All I saw was man. I could say it should turn into a steak. A steak that you like the most. Yes, it had that taste, but it looked like man. So when it says you didn't feel so satiated, you know, a person doesn't have bread in his basket, He's always hungry, even if he ate that day. Famous Gemara Gemara says, so if you don't have a Muna, you still feel hungry. I would, so Claudius said to Hashem, you know, are you going to say what we're going to eat because we want to see it? I'll give you a blessing. The original blessing was you're going to have a loaf of bread which is going to last you twice as long. If you want, you don't not happy with that. The blessing gonna be you're gonna harvest twice as much. But you remember, you're gonna have to work twice as much now. This year's harvest will produce two times the amount, and it's an S. It's a miracle, but you're gonna have to pay for that miracle this time because now you're gonna have to work for it. So if you have real, real betochen Hashem, real faith in Hashem, then the chesed that comes comes in a very high level. If, if they have less such a betochen, then Hashem says, I'll make a miracle, but that miracle is going to be a little differently. But you're going to have to sort of work for that. But the chassidim say even a more profound thing. And, and to explain this, I would say with a marshal, imagine after davening, a husband walks home with his wife from shul, and the husband turns to his wife, they're married 30 years, 40 years, says to her, did you make lunch today? She says, of course I made lunch. Quite a question. Right, they're walking, and then 10 minutes later, he turns to her again, did you make lunch today? Right, this cholent, whatever you want. Ashkenash tons, whatever you want, there's out there, svart, whatever you want, there's food. Again, 10 minutes later, turns the same question. She's getting annoyed this time. And she looked at her, you know, did I ever not have lunch since we're married? Then at, again he asked, finally she says, my dear husband, there is no lunch for you today. You know, you start questioning, he says, there is no lunch for you. Kal, Hashem gave us a mitzvah, a shemitah. What did you think Hashem is not going to take care of us? The fact that you ask a question, you don't deserve a blessing. You don't deserve? What are you challenging? It's like, you know, you turn to your spouse or to a friend, all of a sudden, you, you know, we start mistrusting someone, then the guy says, you know what, I'm going to make sure I'm going to do wrong now. You know, you're, that's how you, you accuse me. So you, Hashem gave you this great mitzvah, and he said, he's going to take care of us. But I, Hashem is not way. I will still give you that blessing. You will still, Hashem doesn't work like we, I will still bestow this great blessing. So, Schmitter made had such an impact on people that it was like every seven years, literally, people felt such a closeness to Hashem. And I explained this in a very simple way. 
I see my <coughs> on life that way, you know. Sometimes when your spouse is not well, you spend a lot more time, you become so much closer. That's the reality, not because uh, that's how it is. You spend more time and you help each other. It becomes a certain, when, it, when you need Hashem, you think about it much more, you feel so much closer to Hashem. The Chavis Avava says an incredible, profound thing. He says, why did Hashem create us with so much needs? We are extremely needy people, not in an emotional way. We're just needy. We, got it. we need to eat. We need to drink. We need to sleep. We need a bed. We need a house. Boy, our needs, are, are, it's unbelievable. Shem could have created us without any needs. You don't need to eat. We don't need to sleep. Just uh, it, it, if you look, ask yourself, we're really busy with ourselves from morning to night. That's really what we, fulfilling the needs, we had so much needs. He says, the Chavah says that Hashem made this because that's the only way we're going to get close to Him. We need the panasa. you're making a living, or your husband is making a living, and you turn to Hashem, make sure the business deal goes by, or his job is working out, or this is working out, or your children's panasa should work out. You become so much, in a way, closer because you have these needs and you sort of daven to Hashem, you much, much. But if a person doesn't need Hashem, then he's so removed. I always say over a frightening story. Many, many years ago, a lady was complaining to me. And he says to me, my, <clears throat> my son is in this. He never calls me up. I wish he would have a headache. Said, what? He says, at least he calls me when he has a headache. I don't hear from him. He just went to Israel and he never calls. When he has a headache, he finally calls. That's unfortunately, if, if, if we don't call Hashem, Hashem says, I need you. I need to hear you. I want the relationship with you. you know? So the, the truth is Hashem made us with so many needs. Is one, is one of the great reasons the Chavisovus explains is that's how we come close. You really think about it. You think about Hashem. You think about, I need my panasa. You say, davening. Sometimes people don't want to miss davening because they feel that today is an important business day. I better come to daven early. Make sure my davening is good because you, you feel the neatness and the closeness of Hashem. But when imagine a whole year you're off, that made it unbelievable more closer how we got much closer to Hashem. So, so the mitzvah of Shemitah also is, is very, very much connected to the idea of Shabbos. The Torah called Shemitah Shabbos. Now let me tell you a very profound teachings of the Arachayim. It was one of the great, great Balami Kibbalah, which all Hasidim learn. He was a, happened to be a Moroccan Jew called Arachayim, lived a long time, lived a, at least 400 years ago, almost 350 years ago. <clears throat> he explains... And the Kiddush, we make Friday night a very, very profound explanation. We say, Kivoy Shuvas, he rested. We say on Shabbat, from all his work, Asheburu, Elakim last, which Hashem created. The wording doesn't really fit well. He rested on the day. Right in the beginning of the Pasik says, Hashem created what the six days and rested. And then he says, Kivoy Shuvas, Mekomalachtoi. From all his work, Asher Buru, Elekim, which he created lasses to do. 
It's very, the wording of the Postig is a little difficult, and he says a, an incredible, profound thing the Zoya says. The Zoya says, Hashem created only six days. And the Postig says, He created six days. The seventh day of Shabbos gives life for the next six days. Every Shabbos, the Zoya says, makes there should be another six days of, 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 of time to go. Hashem created six days. He doesn't say he created the world in six days. If you learn, you translate verbatim, it says, Six days he created. He made six days. The seventh day he rested. The seventh day makes sure that afterwards, there should be another six days. That's what the Zoe says. And how? By we keeping Shabbos in this world, by we keeping Shabbos in this world, we make sure Shabbos is kept. That makes another six days of life, of the world, the cycle work. That's why Kivoy Shuvas, Hashem rested. He rested in the day of Shabbos. Kivoy Ashaburu, then Hashem, Elikim Lassus, can make another six days of creation. That means our rest of Shabbos is so powerful, you know, you, we think, okay, I didn't do Amalokha, I didn't do this, I didn't, no, 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 no. By you resting Shabbos, you're creating six days afterwards. The Hashem, this is a rule of the Zoe says, which many people don't understand, which is, it is incredible. Hashem says, what we do down here, that's what I do upstairs. You keep Shabbos, I create six days. So while we kept the Shabbos, we literally made sure six the, the life is going on. Your keeping Shabbos keeps life going. The same thing with Shemitah. Shemitah works, this is the days, and this makes sure the years. When the Shemitah makes the six days, six years that we work, the seventh year we don't work, and that gives life for the next six years. It's a long discussion how it works nowadays in Israel, but... The resting of Shabbos and, and Shemitah brought into a person an incredible faith. See, Baruch Hashem today, most of us could afford not to work Shabbos. And once in a while people ask me that, I always tell them that, you're not allowed, there's no heter. I had recently a guy come to me, a young man, he's going to be fired. You know, he's a, he's a resident, took as a doctor, and they're gonna, if he takes, doesn't show up the Shabbos, he's going to be fired from the program. I said, there's Hashem that's going to take care of you. There's no head to, you know, to go in and do, do it. But most people, most 99 Baruch Hashem today, you know, we could keep Shabbos. But there were times it literally meant for people to keep Shabbos, have enormous faith. You know, there was, used to be a sign, you don't come in Saturday, don't come in Sunday. This is my father saw the signs when he came to America. You don't come Saturday, you don't come Sunday. There were people, literally, before the union started, but literally had to look for a job every Sunday. Literally, literally. I once heard from an old man when I was young, he said, I didn't have a job Sunday and Monday, and I didn't have what to eat. So I decided, you know, but if by Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't have, I'm going to have to see week Michal Shabbos. He says, as I was walking, I found the potato. He hasn't eaten yet. He says, that potato meant so much to him. He says, and I said, Hashem, today help me. Then he found the job later. 
Baruch Hashem, he was able to keep Shabbos. But the truth is, Shabbos not only the, the, the shows when you keep Shabbos that you really believe in Hashem. Shabbos has a neshama to it, a soul. When you keep Shabbos and you sit at the table and you celebrate Shabbos, your soul literally feels it. The Gemara says every Jewish person gets a neshama yiseda. It's not a hypothetical, it's a fact. You get a higher level of the soul. It, it, um, the Pesach says, He blessed it. So that means your mind works even different. And, you know, sometimes we're not tuned into it, but uh, the Svarma says any person could be tuned into it. If you sit down before Shabbos and you do tshuva, you, you regret what the, the, the shortcomings you have, you're guaranteed to feel the neshama you say there. That brings a level of closeness to Hashem too. An incredible, incredible level. The closeness of Hashem is, is to feel that everything that happens is from Hashem. One of, one of the hardest things for us in life is that all, all our pain and all our you know, expectation hasn't met and all our discomfort to believe there's a reason for it. It is a very challenging thing. Otherwise, I always tell people we should be, you know, every day, no one should ever be sorrow. Because everything, if you believe so strongly in Hashem, everything is for the good. It demands a challenge. We have to continuously tell ourselves everything that happens is for a reason. We don't know why. We don't understand it. One day Hashem will explain it. But there is a reason why you have to go through this and not someone else. So, the, the Shabbos in Shemitah gave such a powerful thing for us that you be, feel the closeness of Hashem. That's why Hashem made it that we are so needy. We need food, we need to drink, we need to sleep, we need medicine, and we need, we need our friends and our spouses and our children. We are very needy. And when you're needy, you turn to the Bani Shalom, please help me. It's like I said, otherwise, you don't call up your mom. You don't say, you know, if you don't have a headache, you don't even call up your mom. But unfortunately, that's how we are. We need someone, you know. I have a joke in my family. You know, I'm close to most of my family members. My wife always asks me, why aren't you close to this and this person? He says, the only time I get called from him when he needs me. And it's a little bit annoying. You know what I mean? I do call him, and I try to tell, speak to him, but his phone calls is always when he's needy. You know, it's hard always. You know, a person has to, not just always when I need Hashem to speak to him. We have to thank Hashem. Boy, do we need to thank Hashem. We are so, we have such a life compared to other places in the world, and ever, it is mind-boggling. It is, it is, is we don't, we don't, because we lose sight, because the nature of us is, is we always want something more. You know, I was telling someone that a few years ago, I had to go to San Diego. So I was driving one of my daughters, and we passed by a Bentley. My daughter had no idea what it was. I tried to explain to her, this is a Bentley, and I tried to explain to her that it cost about $400,000, approximately. I said to her, my car, I drove a beat-up Honda, probably I could get maybe $5,000. But 
the heat works, the air condition works, the radio works. Yeah, one thing doesn't work. The CD was broken, I tell him. It's broken, the CD. I said, the guy driving next to us, as we were driving, a long drive, he was also driving, he went further, he went, driving right next to us, the CD is better, it's a leather car, the air condition comes from the seats, and the rest, he needs it, the hoo-ha. He's paying, I mean, between my value, Mike, on his car, probably $390,000. But he, I am going to get there just as quick, and I'm going to have music, not the CD, the tape was working just as good. So it used to be a person who had money had what to eat. A person that didn't have money didn't have what to eat. My mother describes it very clearly. I was, was in Europe. There were many people went hungry, families went hungry, who didn't have what to eat. The mother was, after war, got close to one of her hometown person who became a very famous physicist. He writes it in his book. My mother says he doesn't write everything. He was, his family was a large family, and didn't have, and he was very, very bright. So he would go to the fruit store on the stand and quickly figure out how much, imagine this eight-year-old kid, and he would figure out the weight quickly and how much it costs, and the guy would give him uh, potatoes to take on something. That's how, you know, how you know, poor many families were. Today, we, you know, used to be a rich person that ate meat today. We don't want to eat meat every night. It's too high in cholesterol. We need this and we need health food. We live, most of us would have what to eat. See, in the olden days, now not so long in many third world countries, there is no room. They live in a two by two. Today, a wealthy person lives in a museum. He has a big house. You know, maybe two, three rooms he used. The rest he has to tell everyone, I have that painting there, and I have that picture, and that statue. He doesn't live in the house. I one of my good, close, close friends, parents are very wealthy, and they wanted to build him such a big house. So she says to her parents, I grew up in such a house. It was lonely. I couldn't go into this room, couldn't go into that room. You know, it, today, most of us have a comfortable living. We want a better one. You drive a car, you don't need that fancy car, but you tell us, I wonder one day if I could afford a better car. Not that you need it. You're gonna get your places, your car, just as with any other car. It is a whole different world. Having a car, you know, you can, you don't even appreciate what it means having a car. You had to travel in Europe from one place to another place. 50 years ago, it took you a day's trip to San Diego, or two, or maybe three days it took you. And every the horse, how quick could he run already? You know what I mean? Matt, you would have told someone, I'm going to have a, a machine. Doesn't know what a machine is. You're going to get into a box, and you're going to push a pedal, and there's no, you don't have to carry hay. You don't have to, there's no dust, no, no, no manure. It's going to, he doesn't know what you're talking about. And I don't need that. If it's cold, you can have some heating system. He thinks to himself, probably you bring some fire into the place. And if it's very hot, I'm going to have a cooling system. You can't even imagine what you're talking about. And you're going to have a 15 band singing in the car. Whichever music you want, classic, you want rock, you name it what you want. It, it can't even imagine. And if you're very wealthy, your wife would have one. If you're very wealthy, your 17-year-old daughter will also have one. And it just, it is, it's, 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 our life is so blessed. It, it's, it's incredible compared to what people are. It's incredible. But we don't, you know, we don't thank Hashem because we're busy focusing 
what I could do next. But no one drives down the street and says, wow, yay, I'm alive. I met, when I first came to California, I met a lady who was, uh, just became religious uh, a few years, and she was very happy. And I, in those days, I used to ask everyone, why are you so happy? She said to me very clearly, I almost didn't make it. They were in a terrible car accident. And uh, I forgot, so someone, one of, one of the occupants died, and she, was, she thought in the emergency room she's going to die, and Baruch Hashem she didn't, but she was sitting in a wheelchair, and she was always smiling. I said, why can I not smile? I almost didn't make it. Unfortunately, many people have to feel life when they're almost there. We are blessed, and we don't appreciate it, because our mind is always thinking of what we don't have. That's how humans are. The curse that other medicine got. So getting close to Hashem is not only calling Him when you need Him. Just say thank you for your health. Thank you for that it's, that you, things not working out in life. Because if you look at that, you're going to enjoy what you have. If you don't appreciate what you have, you don't enjoy what you have. If you say, if you, I want to say a story. I must have said the story, but I've said recently over to someone, and it's a very, very powerful story. I was asked to speak at Shabbaton once, and I meet, I meet a guy who was my brother's age, a few years older, about six years older than me, and he was standing next to his wife, and to me it looked like the newlyweds. And it was, as I was speaking, I was very curious, and I got the information, told me, unfortunately, his wife is, got sick. A young lady, she got sick with uh, dementia. She literally had to be put in an institution, literally. And he had three teenagers, and he desperately needed a mother for his children. I mean, she was, uh, this young lady that he was introduced, she was uh, a Balshuva, became religious, and she couldn't, you know, no one, she had a involuntary movement, a Tourette's syndrome, where, you know, her face would move very often involuntary, and she literally couldn't get married to anyone. She came religious, there was no dates, and in her mind, she's 28 years old, she gave up the idea of ever getting married. She couldn't get a date. When this shidduch was introduced to her, she says, you know, I wonder if he's going to want me, but she's willing to, someone's going to marry her. And she got married to him. And when I was standing next to them, I thought they were newlyweds. I asked them, how long are you married? She says, 11 years. I said, 11 years? You know, 11 years of marriage, you don't stand next to your husband thinking like acting in newlyweds. And it turns out, every morning when she wakes up in the morning, first thing she says, Moidani, she says, Thank Hashem, I have a husband who sleeps with me in one house. She never thought she's going to have a husband. The appreciation that she had having a husband made the relationship so incredible close. Her husband was going to do anything for her. I mean, the way they were talking, things they were telling me, anything. Because when you show appreciation to someone, they'll do anything. It works both ways. Her to him, him to her. The same is with Hashem. If you show, you feel the appreciation to Hashem, you, it makes so such a closeness. We like to thank Hashem from far. 
thank you, but uh, keep distance. Like, you know, sometimes, but to, honestly, this young lady, who wasn't so young anymore, but she had still 11 years after she was married, had such a, gr a feeling that Baruch Hashem, she really found the husband, she never thought it was going to happen. She was so appreciative, nothing bothered her. You know, all these petty things, and she was so happy. You know, I mean, and they had a great Shalom Bay. She was telling herself, if you, this is between husband and wife and your children, and mostly between you and Hashem. If you could able to tell Hashem, I appreciate you, feel it. That we are so lucky. We live, we're living here in the 20th century, 21st century, and we're living here with so much blessings. It's amazing how much food gets thrown out every day. It's boggling. I, yesterday I was watching in the shul. So I told them, save some, give it for the Mishalochim. I mean, it's unbelievable. We are so blessed in every way. In medicine, I mean, my own wife is a, uh, is a miracle that she's alive. It's uh, uh, medical science. It is, it's incredible how we are blessed. But we don't look at it this way because we always want what's more. Well, can I get more? I don't have what you have. It's, you know, I should have more money in the bank or this should work out better and that should work. This is what we have to do. We have to thank Hashem. And that thanking, appreciating Hashem makes you so much closer to Hashem. You know, that's the part of Amuna and Betochen. To rely on Hashem makes us very, very... The truth is, relying on each other makes people very close. I'll tell you a very, very frightening story. I was involved a few years ago with a couple that came to me. And he sounded like a very nice guy. She sounded very nice. I didn't understand why they're getting divorced. Turned out, a very interesting story. She came from a very wealthy family in Beverly Hills, and she would get a stipend straight into her account, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, $25,000 or $30,000 a month, tax-free. Imagine. Her parents are very wealthy, and just automatically in her account. She didn't need him for anything. She had a she, she, her husband told me she has two shikses. One who cleans and one chases dust. That's what she was, he was telling me. And they had someone, the same lady, would do the shopping for her, go pick up the cleaners. She did nothing. So, you know, there was like, I noticed that the problem was they were not connected. He would come home, she would wait all day and finally come home for a meal. And he had to work hard to make sure, like, you know, she's earning you know, if you get $30,000 in your bank account, it's over $360,000 in the bank. It was just, they were not connected. I'm connected to my wife. She needs me, and I need her. She needs me now more than that, but normally she needs me. I need her. I need them. It makes a person connected. We have to feel this way to Hashem, too. I, we need Hashem. We don't want to acknowledge it. Just like in Shalom Bais, I tell young people, when I tell them they get so shocked, I always tell them, you know, the most important person in your life is your wife or is your husband. When they tell them, they look at me like, this is the most important person. This is the person who's going to be with you till the end of your life. You can't rely. Your children are going to get out. I have many children. I have wonderful children. I love them all. But out of the house. They have their own life. The most, it's hard, and I, for years didn't understand why people have a heart. It's hard to feel so vulnerable that this is the most important person in my life. The same thing is with Hashem. I know people have a hard time saying, this is the only thing in my life. Not the most important. If God doesn't want something to happen, it's not going to happen. 
And anything that happens is because he wants this to happen. We don't want to feel so vulnerable. Just like the husband doesn't want to admit to the wife that he is the most important person in my life. It's, it makes you feel so vulnerable. Truth that it is. The truth is you are totally dependent on Hashem every step of your way. That, and the more you realize that, the closer you are, the more faith you have, and the more you betachen, you rely on Hashem. That just to, to literally rely that Hashem is going to help you. See, the first thing that happened and then in Pasha Bechikosai, the Torah says, if you're going to stray from your ways, the first thing we strayed from our ways was, it was very hard for us to keep, it was very hard for us to keep Shemitah. That is very challenging. As I said, a whole year, it's, you know, you know a whole year not working, not planting, not harvesting. And this caused another thing. The Torah says, uses a very interesting expression, in telchem imi bekeri. Bekeri means you're going to walk with me in a, a half-hearted way. And it means, you know, when I'm in the mood, I'll, I'll daven. You know, when I'm in the mood, I'll come to the shir. I once was trying to explain to someone, a young guy, tell me, you know, Rabbi, I was not in the mood of coming to shul and... Uh, I said to him, if your parents would have worked on the mood, then you would have been a disaster. How often we wake up in the morning, we have no mood to take care of things we need to take care of. Not only no mood, we're angry that we have to do it today, whatever reason. If we're going to live in our moods, disaster is going to kick in. I said to him, you know, that's what the Torah says, carry means not always are in the mood. See, one of the main things we have to know in life is that we are moody. Some people suffer terrible swing mooded. But, you know, I, I, I've said this often, that when a person is in intensive care, how does the doctor know, the nurses know you're alive? As long as the lines go up and down. When you're alive, when life is, lines go up and down. <clears throat> when a person is gone, it's flat. Life has ups and has downs. That's what life has. You know, sometimes you're in a great mood, sometimes you feel great in love, sometimes you feel, I don't know how I married this guy. Or, you know, some, it, it's, that's what life is. Life is, has great, and sometimes you feel down, sometimes you feel vigorated, and sometimes you don't. The tr- trick is, is to be devoted. You said, you keep Shabbos, yes mood, not mood. You de- trying to tell the young man, you join the Shia, not always in the mood of giving a Shia, but this is what we humans are. But what happened is, Torah says, you went carry me, sometimes you did it, sometimes not. That's a disaster. And slowly, that degenerates, you know, the relationship with Habit Hashem. Because you only do it when you're in a good mood, in a happy mood. So Torah says, very interesting, Torah says that, unfortunately, Kalisa came to the situation, and the first temple was destroyed. <clears throat> So I asked a question, that always bothers me every year. And I posed this question in Shul, and I said, you know, when you want to discipline your children, and you tell a child, if you're not, if you're going to misbehave, or if you're going to do what I, you don't listen to me, I'm going to give you two patch, two spanks. And if you know your child is going to, wouldn't care less if you give him two spanks, he'll anyways do it. Don't, you, that's the worst thing to do. It's going to backfire. You only say, you hope, 
by telling him, I'm going to give you two spanks, he's going to listen. But if you know ahead of time, it's not going to help, then it's just, it just bad. Hashem told us, if we misbehave, this and this is going to happen. But his warning didn't help us. We still goofed. We still, <coughs> we still failed. <coughs> and unfortunately, we failed and B'smikdish was of. So why did Hashem tell us, you know, ahead of time? It's a question that it, I always ask, and there's many different answers. I said there's a very simple answer. We, the Torah talks about general of the public. Then the talks about individual. Individual, we know that we have to one day give a accounting what we did in this world. You know, and uh, things have, one day will be a cheshman, as we say. Even though we don't see it now, but that's what the Rabbi Nishim gave us Rosh Hashanah, and gave us Yom Kippur, that we should know if you did something wrong, you got to do tshuva, because there is an accounting taken care of all the time. There is, the Rabbi Nishim is gone, is uh, going to be accounting. That means everything that we do means enormously in heaven. Part of our problem is that we think, big deal, what did I do already? What? You know, I... Uh, Spoke a little Russian, it wasn't 100% kosher. We realize this is huge in heaven. Huge in heaven. If you do something good, it's incredible. Every time you daven, it's incredible in heaven when you daven. And just the opposite too. Every time we do something wrong, it has an incredible effect. You know, I had a hard time, honestly, when I was young to understand this. The last few years, I have a very simple way to explain this. You know, you know now that the computer, and I see my children writing software, you know, a computer, you could, you could program in a computer whatever you want. You could program it to say to you, hi, Saba, you know, all tricks you could do. Imagine, I've said this story, imagine every morning you turn on your computer and it says, hi, Abba, or hi Saba, or hi Safta, you know, just hi, you know. First time it's very cute, you see your sons or your children dollar, and afterwards it's annoying. You remember when it says, you got mail, and after first time it was cute, and then it was annoying. You know, after, but imagine one of your children will call you every day at lunch, and just to say hello. Or your spouse will just call you, I just wanted to say hello to you. It's very touching. And imagine you find out that not only he, he didn't have a cell phone, he ran around getting a phone. Wow. Imagine you find out that he walked a half hour to get just to say hello. He really did that. It's really touching. The harder it is, the more the person is going to be touched. I always tell myself, when I'm not in a mood of davening, now Hashem is going to appreciate my davening. I'm in a lousy mood. I don't want to daven today. And I'm pushing myself. You know, that, you know, Hashem knows my moods. He knows what, what we all go through every day and our emotional upheaval, whatever we have to, challenges we have. And you push yourself that, wow, that Hashem appreciates. He knows. See, we think we could only daven to Hashem. He knows when you're in a good mood, you know. Sometimes your spouse, you could fool and you act like you're in a good mood. But Hashem, there's no fooling around. He knows exactly what's in you. And he sees how you're struggling. Wow, does he appreciate that? And he does know how much we struggle. Really, no one knows 
truth is, no one knows how much you struggle. Sometimes you yourself don't even realize how much you struggle. Sometimes you don't even realize what stress is on you. But Hashem really knows. So when you push yourself, wow! You see the sun, the moon, and you know all the enormous galaxies, which is it boggles the mind sometimes when you when you when you watch astronomy. It's it's, it's unbelievable. But that is programmed. You know what I mean? Hashem programmed it. The sun does exactly what it was programmed. He didn't wake up in a bad mood this morning, and he didn't eat. Chant is not bothering him this morning, and you know, and he's no one is annoying the sun. He's programmed. It's a bunch of chemicals, and it does exactly what Hashem put it in this nature to do. Exactly, we could predict the sun the next million years. I cannot predict what I'm going to do in ten minutes. I'm, I'm most of you try. How often we say we're going to do it in ten minutes, and uh. Ten minutes comes and goes and nothing happens. You know what I mean? We said we're going to do it. We really meant it. We can't even predict what's going to happen in ten minutes. and twenty minutes we can't predict. The more so, we can't predict any, any of these things. So the sun is created exactly the way Hashem wanted and does exactly what it was meant to be. We are extremely moody. So we push ourselves and we do get closer to Hashem. That is so powerful. So when you do daven, you should know that no matter if you don't. Someone recently told me that when he wakes up late and he's a few minutes late, doesn't come davening. So if you daven at home, that davening is a whole different davening. You know, at home it's uh, come to we come to shul. You daven once a minion, it, it wakes you up. So even you're not in the best mood and you're not there. That means so so much. So my, you know, end of every Sunday, I must tell everyone that. Try to be happy. Because when you're happy, your whole, your whole life becomes enthusiastic. You know, and it's challenging to be happy. Most of us don't want to be happy. The nature of a person is to quetch. You know what I mean? That's, that's how we are. No one needs encouragement to quetch. You know what I mean? But when I, I have a minig that we thank Hashem. And I've been doing it for years already, probably for, for 15 years already. And every week, I still need to be encouraged, encourage the family, let's do it. Quetching, I don't have to tell anyone, okay, anyone has anything to quetch today? I walk into the house and it just quetches by itself. You know, the quetch comes without encouraging, comes by itself. Happiness doesn't come by itself. You gotta really, the, the happiness and, and, and appreciating doesn't come by itself. No one walks in that house and you're overwhelmed with just appreciating life or, or your husband or your children. We have to, okay, I gotta remember to say thank you. I gotta remember to appreciate. Quetching the negative has, has, a, has wings and it does it by itself. Shem should help us. We should have a wonderful, happy week.